This is the game of life. Welcome to the game of life. I'm Gail Nelson, President and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters, and I am pleased to be in the studio today with Reed Horth and Cat Barrow. They are art dealers, Robin Ryle Fine Art, and they are partners with Big Brothers Big Sisters. Cat Reed, welcome to the game of life. Yay, it's good thanks to, so good much. to be with you. Oh no, it's a pleasure having you both in the studio. And as we talk about the game of life, uh, the theme of the show here in the Boogie Live studio here at Big Brothers Big Sisters, Boogie Live, shout out to DJ Iree, our partner, and we do some incredible things together. We make beautiful music together, but you guys make beautiful art mm -hmm. uh, together. Yes, we do. And a little context on the game of life. This show's theme is everybody makes a team in life, but how you play is up to you. And that really speaks to kids, their decision-making, the mentors that come to us, and people that just want to help kids along the way. And you all are doing some pretty cool things here in the comic book illustration realm. Mm -hmm. But let's mm -hmm. take a step back. How in the world did you all get involved with comic books? Reed, let's start with you, buddy. Uh, well, actually, long story short, I'm a failed artist. Uh, I, I really, really wanted to be a, uh, a comic book artist right after my parents divorced when I was a child. Um, my, I didn't really read, didn't have many friends. I was living in a foreign country and I moved back to the United States and uh, this was something that was a catharsis for me. It was just a way for me to get away. You get into a new realm and get into a new world. And uh, I started drawing an awful lot. I started getting into the storytelling, started uh, wanting to, that to be a career path for me. And I sort of humbly realized that I wasn't quite as good as some of the people who were around me who were also doing similar things. So I had to take a step back. I was a really good writer. I knew that. And so I was like, okay, well, I can channel the creative energies from being the actual artist into maybe writing about art. And, I, and then I majored in art history okay. uh, and journalism. Mm -hmm. And so the, my transition point, it, comic books gave me a vehicle to be creative. And uh, I've stuck with them my entire life. Now, even as an adult, I've I just love comic books, so. And now going back when you were in mm -hmm. school, now you know here we are, the first week, kids are back to school. Sure. Back in school, I should say. Mm -hmm. And pre-show you had shared with me that you had some struggles academically and yeah. comic books became a way for you to kind of mitigate or help with yeah. the, just with reading. It was, it, it was really, really tough for my mom to actually to get me to read anything at all. Yeah. And uh, it's not that I couldn't read, it's just yeah. that I, I didn't have an interest in it. And so the comic books became that, that way of me starting and I, then I got into comic books and then I started reading novels and then reading nonfiction and then words became my life and now I do art history as a profession with Robin Ralph Fine Art and I have to write an awful lot of art history but without that comic book to bridge that gap as a child I might not have been able to um, grow up the same way and actually have a career like I have I've been doing this for 23 years now so without that as a bridge, I might not be able to do that. Incredible. Yeah. Now, Kat, the coolest mom, coolest <laughs> comic book mom in the world. Please show my son this in about 10 years. No <laughs> doubt about it. And speaking of which. So, uh, so we got involved. Um, Reed and I have had our company for the past 11 years, and I also started as a really young kid in art. I was always doodling and sketching things, and then that went on to a career in art. Right, so that's what I studied in college. I went to design and then we opened our company 11 years ago. And uh, when I was pregnant with 
with our son, a friend of mine told me, she said, you know, boys are infatuated with their mothers until the age of six. And then that's pretty much when their dad becomes a really cool one and the mom suddenly becomes lame. So I was like, well, if we're only having one kid and I am not one that appreciates being left out of parties, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have to somehow be cool and relevant. And as soon as I realized that our son was very interested in comics and he was going to daddy to talk to him about it, I was like, well, I got some learning to do. So kind of pairing my art background with this and then Reed's love for comics, I've been learning kind of, you know, a crash course in it as I go. Um, but we developed this class concept based on that because we know that kids are really, really into comics and that's one of the most natural ways to get them to be interested in art is to be in a, in a path, in, in a art style or an art form that they already know and they already like. So that's why we approach Big Brothers Big Sisters about this concept to begin with because we know that, you know, sticking a bowl of fruit in front of a kid and say, oh, why don't you draw that? You know, it's it's not as exciting for them. I mean, it's definitely fundamentals in art, and we we both had to do it. You know, we both studied a lot of art and had mm -hmm. to do it. Um, but what about bringing characters that they actually already like, they already relate to, they can see the movies, they can dress in costumes. Like, it's a very – there's a lot of meat to comic and anime characters. And so the idea we, is to, to foster creativity in them. It's not necessarily to make them artists. I mean, right. we were discouraged right. from going into art our basically our whole academic right. lives. And so trying to create artists is a different discipline, but trying to foster creativity is really what the purpose is. And if you can get kids' minds thinking, and I mean, we've removed so much of the arts curricula from schools. Right. If you can get kids thinking creatively, everything around us is created by an artist. The suits that we wear, the chairs that we're sitting in, the office that we have, the studio, the, yeah. the studio and like everything is created by everything. a creative artistic person. Yes. And if we remove that creative gene then we've really we've robbed these kids of something that's extremely beneficial to them in every way shape and form later in life and speaking of being of a benefit to these kids thank you first and foremost on behalf of all the kids we serve for just being a part of the big brothers big sisters family coming in here and teaching these kids comic book illustration uh, tell us a little bit about and you're talking to the world, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, YouTube, Facebook, yeah. Instagram. Thank you all for listening to the Game of Life podcast consistently because we got some cool people. We got two superheroes yeah. in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> but tell us what that, this experience has been uh, for you all, whoever wants to mm -hmm. take the question, as it relates to the comic book illustration here at Big Brothers Big Sisters. How's it working out? Well, it's wonderful. I mean, what we what our class looks like is we discuss. We always have a male and female character. That's very important for us. And our, our class is split pretty 50-50. So uh, we certainly don't want to pigeonhole anybody. If a girl or a boy is really into comics, we want to encourage that. And uh, we always focus. Um, so we always have a male and female character. And then uh, we've done all sorts of things. So we'll talk about some more obscure characters or some very known characters. Uh, maybe we'll show them a bit of a movie clip, and then we talk about kind of basic uh, drawing skills and how they can kind of utilize that um, to be able to create these comics. Um, we also try and weave in some sort of larger life lesson uh, that can – all of these comic books 
and particularly the comic book characters that were started back in the 1930s and 1940s, Superman, Captain America, and things like that. Those characters were started by people who wanted to feel some sense of empowerment. Mm -hmm. uh, and particularly during World War II, people were feeling very disempowered. And uh, when you've got that, these super characters that, that Superman can zoom in and he can beat Nazis and do all of these great things, it's empowering to the kids who are reading these things, and that's really what you needed. You needed something that was positive and uplifting for them. And as that, that morphed throughout time, it became a lot of, Spider-Man was a 13-year-old kid who couldn't quite figure out what his body was doing, and he couldn't quite figure out how to be a, a hero, and he, he came from a family, he was being raised by his aunt. It was not an ideal set of circumstances. Right. So it's a lot of these different things that kids can identify with um, the, one of the lessons that we had actually done at one point, uh, X-Men, a uh, very popular comic book character, but they're, they're mutants, and mutants are uh, some metahumans. Uh, and if you look at your hand, a lot of us have the M on our hand, if you just look at it. and what we your hands. I'm a new X-Men. Yeah, you're a new <laughs> X-Men. That's it. G-Man. I like it. I like it. But, you know, what that was was we said that's mutant, and that means that you have special abilities. And I remember that lesson when I read it in the X-Men when I was a kid, it gave me a sense of empowerment. It gave me a sense that I was special, that I wasn't alone because I was coming from sort of circumstances that weren't perfect. Uh, I needed some sort of thing like this to make me feel empowered. And, and we sort of are trying to transcend that message in, to the kids now. Yeah, it's important, the, the relatability aspect, right? Yeah. Shazam is another one. We, we did a, a class on Shazam. and, and you know, he goes from foster care home to foster care home. Mm -hmm. So these sort of things, you know, it's really so that they don't feel left out, so that sure. these kids say, you know, okay, well, he did it, and he became a superhero, or she did it, and she became a superhero, mm -hmm. or, you know, I've got this kind of strange talent that, like, maybe nobody really gets me, or people don't understand. And a lot of comic characters, they have this storyline when they first start. They're orphaned, or yeah. they're, well, whatever it is. and. Um, so that's important to us, that they understand the background story and that, that if they themselves feel, you know, and we've talked about that in class where we've, we've told Reed's story a little bit more because mm -hmm. he had some things to overcome as a kid, right? His parents divorced when he was 11 and, and the transition of moving back to the States, like these kinds of things impact kids in a lot of ways. Yeah. And we also want them to see that you can come from that and you can still flourish and thrive in life. It, right. The cards that you're dealt in the beginning don't necessarily determine, you know, where you go. What yeah. I love right? about what you all are saying, and as we continue to get to know <coughs> one another, this happens to be in front of the whole world. But <laughs> <laughs> my parents divorced when I was two years old. I grew up in inner city Toledo, Ohio. Yeah. I met my dad in an airport, San Francisco International, when I was yeah. 18 years old. Mom. And growing up, a single mom working two jobs to raise two boys, yeah. Yeah. my brother had these boxes of comic books. Uh -huh. And so as I talk to both of you, and, and I get goosebumps thinking about the role comic books played yeah. in my, in growing up, and then just, it takes you to a place yeah. where the superhero, you see yourself. Yeah. And it's interesting, now as a husband, as a father... When I think about, you know, again, Stan Lee's legacy sure. and having a character like Black Panther mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and for me to sit there with my family and look at my kids and they see on the screen 
people that look like them. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I when, I when I took my kids because you know we're like superhero, you know, fans to say mm-hmm. the least. Uh-huh. And I'm watching my kids and my daughter. We got three bodyguards and one uh-huh. uh, princess. <laughs> <laughs> but my daughter Alexis Nicole. Shout out to Alexis Nicole. Next <laughs> when I saw her watching Wonder Woman, yeah. and mm-hmm. how it made me feel as a dad. Oh yeah. yeah. And so. The world of and I was Aquaman growing up. There you go. Uh huh. But nevertheless, Aquaman is pretty awesome. And I'm talking Justice League, old school. Yeah, old school Aquaman. Yeah. Oh yeah, Super Friends. Sure. I remember it. One twin powers activate. And so, what you all are allowing our kids to do here in 2019, here at Big Brothers Big Sisters, 90 percent of the kids we serve live at or below the poverty level. They've gone through the divorces, the foster homes. Huh. It's like these comic book characters. And that doesn't make them weird, strange, no. or anything mm-hmm. else. That makes them human. Yeah. And the extraordinary ability and imagination and creativity of comic books. So what you all are investing in us, it goes without saying. I think I said thank you 20 times. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for what you guys are doing. And let's just, I got some deep questions for you guys now. Marvel or DC? <laughs> Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Marvel guy myself. I'm going to go with Marvel. There you go. Now, who's your favorite superhero? I know you guys. I mean, you're in the world. Oh, my gosh. So my who's your favorite superhero and why? Well, it's so funny because I, I just said Marvel, and then I'm like, well, if i got to think of someone, I'm going to go with Wonder Woman uh, for the obvious reasons. Uh, I think the Gal Gadot character kind of changed it for me, and I know that's movie, and it's not drawn so much, but... Um, so yes, although I'm more of a fan of Marvel, I am going to go with Gal Gadot and, and uh, Wonder Woman. I think that she was just an amazing. What I loved about that movie is, you know, these Amazons—they're powerful women, right? Even when you watch the behind the scenes of the making of how hard these women trained, mm-hmm. um, and just their, their physical presence, right? Right at the beginning of the movie, you can really see that. But um, you know, she's she's just a really cool character. She really is. So I'm a, I'm a big fan. And it's funny you mentioned that cat because this weekend, this past week, my wife and I watched Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I was just, when, as you were speaking about not only the Amazons, but when she, there's a scene where all these men, she'd come to the meeting and they were talking about uh, just whatever decision they were making. It's like, no, that's not right. And yeah. she, she right. spoke up. Yeah. And looking at her like, she did. Who is like, she? exactly. Mm-hmm. What is a woman doing here? What's a woman doing here? Right. right. No, it's wrong. Especially right. at that time period. I mean, you're thinking about, you know, World War II. That's a, that's a different thing. So I really do think that it, comics have always kind of been advanced. They've kind of been ahead of the curve, right? Um, and they've also changed appropriately as the way that the, the way that time has changed, right? So they their Black Panther is a perfect example, right? Wonder Woman is another perfect example of how staying ahead of the curve and making sure... Because at the end of the day, while adults are very into comics too, it really starts a lot of times when you're a kid. And so when these kids can go and watch Black Panther and they're like, I look like that. Mm -hmm. And he's really powerful or she's really powerful. I mean, look at the sister, Siri, right? Mm -hmm. That's her name. Look at her. She was the the one, she was the brilliant kind of scientist. And and they say she is smarter than Tony Stark. Wow. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. She can be anything she wants. Right. She Absolutely. Belong. What a message to have yeah. a sister yeah. uh, that we serve as well. So, Reed, who's your favorite superhero and why? It, it's, it's crazy because as as Kat was talking, I was like, there are so many there. in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, my, my first instinct was to go with um, with Captain America. Um, yes. He's he's that guy who always does the right thing. Even when he was this skinny, skinny little kid in Brooklyn, 
he fought for every inch that he could get. He always did the right thing, and he always wanted to be more than what he was. Uh, he he was never satisfied with just being this. He wanted to be the best, and it wasn't it was it wasn't something where he was being arrogant. It was something where he really wanted to to pay it forward. He wanted to go to World War II to protect his best friend Bucky Barnes. He wanted to go because that was what the right thing was, and he was the skinny kid. And for for any little skinny kid, I was that little skinny kid. For that, it's the most altruistic thing that you can do is to is to put yourself on the line for your country, for your friends, for your family. Uh, there is nothing that that is 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 bigger than that sacrifice. And he was willing to make that sacrifice. And I think that you know that speaks to our troops, it speaks to our firefighters, it speaks to our police officers, it speaks to a lot of people who, um, who, who may come from exigent circumstances and they still will put themselves on the line for the, for the greater good. And uh, I think Captain America is, is that. And you know, There are so many characters that teach such great lessons, particularly to kids, but, um, but he was the first one who popped into my brain as, as being somebody who just, it's, it's a special kind of relationship. All the first responders who put themselves in harm's way every single day for our safety, yeah. right. the benefit of our communities, and the safety of our communities, uh, we salute you yeah. on behalf of Captain America. <laughs> Absolutely. But all I can say to both of you on this episode, this will not be the last time sure. you'll be in this studio. Uh, you all teach a class tonight, if I'm not mistaken. I guess we you do. do. Yeah. Me. So mm-hmm. what's, uh, what's on the curriculum or what's on the agenda lesson plan for tonight's class? Well, what's interesting, actually, mm-hmm. is uh, the kids really like anime and manga. They they really do. They can relate to a lot of the characters. And that is not that wasn't really a genre that we were originally going to be teaching at all. Um, but it's based on what the kids want, right? Yeah. So we've been learning a lot about it. So what we're actually going to do today is we got uh, little mirrors for them, and we're going to have them do their own self-portraits based on anime characters. So we're going to teach them the step-by-step on, you know, looking at your eye shape and looking at the shape of your nose and your mouth and different hairstyles. So that's what we're going to work on today. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just kind of we stand up there and we're going to compare, like, you know, Reed and I, we both have blue eyes, but let's talk about how they look different. And every kid in in the class is going to look different and we're going to focus on their features. And, you know, it should be a they kind of get a little intimidated with uh, mirrors and things like that, but it should be a fun class. I think that they're going to enjoy it. Awesome. I want you guys to do one last thing before we before we close the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, do a special thank you to your son. Uh, uh. You don't mind. <laughs> the, the, and, and this is where Kat starts crying. Uh, oh, I can't, uh, can't okay. keep it together. Ultimately, Ronan comes to our, our class every week, does and he, really? he, he comes every single week, and he loves the kids. He loves interacting with them, um, and this ultimately this whole class is for him in our brains because what we want for him is we want him to grow up knowing first of all that mommy and daddy made a difference that we were able to really do something and enact a good change within our community and within the kids that are around and we want him to know people constantly not everybody looks the same and everybody comes from different circumstances and we all can get along and we can all be friends and we want him to that's an important message actually that that we we, this one line that we always say to him uh because little kids especially four-year-olds three-year-olds two-year-olds they ask any question and they just blurt it right out and you don't know what's going to come out of their mouth right and um one of the things that we always say to him is whenever he asks a question about what somebody looks like which happens you know Mm -hmm. we always say everybody looks different 
That's the reason why. You know, why does someone look like this? Because everybody looks different. And that sort of message is, is important, I think, for kids to understand, especially this generation of kids growing up. They are so much more socially aware than we were as kids. I mean, when I look at even, you know, being born in the 70s, I was like, wow, we re- wow, it was different, wasn't it? Right. But there, there's more of just a social awareness and more of an inclusion. Um, so that's important messaging that comes across comics. Right. But that's also in real life. Um, so with our son, he is, I mean, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. He is that what he wants to do all the time is draw and be crafting things. And that's pretty mm-hmm. much yeah. it. <laughs> Can't imagine where he got that yeah. from. So the whole time he's doodling, even yesterday in school, it was his first day of school and they asked him to write his name. And I looked at what he wrote and he wrote R O N A N, but the O was Captain America's shield. And there were all these flourishes and arrows on it. And I'm like, you know what? You are who you are. Like we'll run with that. So yeah. Oh, thank and you. One of the things I do from time to time is I name the podcast while on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so this one will be called Smart Students Mentoring at Heart. No, oh, I love that. Yeah. And you all are superheroes. <laughs> so, Kat, Reed, thank you for what you're doing here at Big Brothers for Sisters. The only way to close out this show is one word R E S P E C. what you're doing thank and who you are. Thank Thanks you, Kale. into the game of life where everybody makes the team. Hey, this is Gail Nelson, President and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami, the host of The Game of Life.